Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Amazing Kate Casey! Mm. Welcome back for another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. And I am reaching most of you today on Thanksgiving Day. And I'm hoping that you have spare a little time for yourself. I know that you're with your family, you're baby cooking all day, but I wanted to give you some great things to watch while you're on vacation. These are great documentaries and series that you can sit down and binge. You may have finished eating. You want to sit down. You want to hang out with everybody. You want to figure out things that you can watch together. I've got a little bit of everything in this episode. True crime, sports, great stuff. Okay, so as always, remember that you can go to katecasey.substack.com. I will have descriptions of each of these on the Substack. So if you're listening and I go through something and you miss it, don't worry about it. You don't need to run and go get a pen and write this all down. It is there available for you at katecasey.substack.com. Of course, you know that every Monday I put out the episode of what to watch during that week, but I will have a special post for what to watch on Thanksgiving vacation. So some of these you may have already heard of before. And in some cases, I've done a segment or an episode about it, but I may have done it a long time ago. So this is a great refresher And some of them you may have never heard of before. I'm excited in that case because it's going to give you something even better to experience this holiday vacation because you get to share it for the first time with the people in your life. I always get kind of jealous of people that haven't seen something that I really love because they get excited and then you guys write me the greatest DMs and I'm like, oh, I wish I could have watched it with you. So This is a great list. I'm telling you, you're going to have stuff to watch. Maybe it's by yourself. Maybe it's with your loved ones. This is going to be what you need for this holiday. Okay, so the first thing I want to tell you to watch is something that sprung up in a Patreon episode that I did with Jody last week about retirement homes. I had asked her, have you ever seen some kind of heaven? And she had no idea what I was talking about. And that makes me feel like maybe some of you may have forgotten about this or missed it. And in this case... You're going to want to watch this, especially if you have love, if you have loved ones around you this holiday vacation who are potentially thinking about a retirement community. This one's so entertaining. Again, some kind of heaven. You can watch this on Hulu or Amazon. So the documentary is about the villages in Florida. This is the world's largest retirement community. So the film is stylized portrait 
of four of the residents living within the villages. They're struggling to find happiness and meaning in life's final chapters. So at the villages, often called the Disney World for retirees, we meet four residents living on the margins, striving again to find happiness. From synchronized swimming to pickleball, the good life is waiting, as well as discounted funeral packages now at a new lower price. While most residents have bought into the community's package positivity, married couple Anna and Reggie wrestle with Reggie's deteriorating grip on reality and psychedelic drug use. Barbara, a widow, seeks second love. Dennis, an 82-year-old bachelor living out of a van, searches for a wealthy woman to take care of him for his remaining years. And you know it's true. There's always some old guy trying to find a lady that he can saddle up to and then kind of enjoy themselves. Though the film illustrates the gap between the villages, advertising copy, and the practical reality of living there. So what is put out in all the packaging, and then of course, versus what the reality is, it invests more in the dreams and desires of its residents. This film initially emerged from director Lance Oppenheim's undergraduate thesis in the Visual and Environmental Studies program at Harvard University. How genius was this idea? A Floridian, Oppenheim was interested in returning home to explore why thousands of retirees were moving across the country, isolating themselves in a Truman Show-like bubble world that reminded them of their youth. So before filming, he ventured to the villages and lived in a rented room for nearly 30 days with retired rodeo clowns to embed himself into the social fabric of the community. This one is so fascinating and Spoiler, a lot of people at the Villages have STDs. It is not what you expect, friends, so make sure you check it out. Some Kind of Heaven on Hulu and Amazon. And then if you want an added bonus, one of my favorite books is by Rodney Rothman and is called Early Bird. And it's about how after he had been a writer for uh, late night television, he spent some time at a retirement community and the book is absolutely hilarious. That one, again, is by Rodney Rothman, who, by the way, went on to become a major, major producer in Hollywood. Rodney Rothman's Early Bird. Great book. I mentioned this on my Monday episode, and I'm telling you, you've got to watch it because I have mentioned it several times this week, just out in my regular life, and every person is like, wait, what? I have to see this. I also post on my Instagram story this uh, street in Toronto that has these enlarged Santa Clauses in each person on the street's front yard. And it is a marvel to watch. This, These two friends are driving down the street and you see each house is this gigantic Santa. And it's like the coordination that went into it. And what if you're the one person that doesn't want to participate? Like, do you get ostracized? Well, this doc is called Twas the Fight Before Christmas. It's on Apple TV+. A Christmas-loving lawyer's obsession, and I mean obsession, With bringing Christmas cheer to all sparks, a conflict with the local homeowners association who believes his planned holiday extravaganza violates their neighborhood rules because the house is basically lit from heaven. It's like Clark Griswold, but worse. There are buses that are coming down the street. He has got got like a marching band at one point, I think. There are carolers. If you're the neighbor of the person that has this big fat display and people driving for miles and miles to see it, with backup traffic, no parking on your street, randos walking by, and that neighbor is now charging people to drive through, would you be pissed? So that is basically the premise behind this documentary. Twas the fight before Christmas, Apple TV+. Plus. If you have funny relatives, that's the one to watch because everybody is going to get a kick out of it. If you love sports, 
you're going to love. I know I've said this before many times. The Last Dance. ESPN's Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, debuted with its first two episodes in 2020 and averaged 5.6 million viewers per episode. And it was the most watched documentary in ESPN's history. And for good reason, because it is so well made. At the 72nd Primetime Emmy Awards, The Last Dance won the award for Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Series. This is a 10-part documentary series providing an in-depth look at the Chicago Bulls dynasty through the lens of the final championship season in 1997 to 1998. The Bulls allowed an NBA entertainment crew to follow the team around for that entire season. And some of that never-before-seen footage is featured in the documentary. In addition, ESPN spoke to more than 100 people close to the team and personalities who experienced the run, exploring all the angles of the Michael Jordan phenomenon. It is spellbinding. And so many great behind-the-scenes stories. Also, a really interesting psychological profile of Michael Jordan and why he was so successful. And then uh, you can also, as a bonus, listen to my episode that I did with Roland Lazenby. He's the author of the best-selling and definitive biographies of Michael Jordan. And he gives insight in that episode into Michael Jordan's childhood, his career with the Bulls, questions about his gambling, his relationship with other players, including Kobe Bryant. That part actually made me cry. And more. And you can listen to that episode of mine. It's episode 254. Again, the series is called The Last Dance, and you don't necessarily have to love basketball to appreciate this great sports storytelling. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Row's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got rocket money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. If your kids 
in particular love Taylor Swift. You're going to have nieces, you're going to have nephews, kids at your house, and you're going to want to watch something with him. You should go back and watch Miss Americana on Netflix. This is a documentary that followed Taylor Swift and her life over the course of several years of her career. The film has been described as an unvarnished and emotionally revealing look at Swift during a metamorphic phase in her life as she learns to accept her role as not only a singer, songwriter, and entertainer, but as an influential woman harnessing the full power of her voice. It's set in the time period spanning from her Reputation Stadium tour in 2018 to the release rollout of her seventh studio album, Lover 2019, dotted with flashback video clips portraying several undisclosed events of her life and career. So I need to preface this and say, this is not going to include, you know, recent music and recent, you know, relationships. This is really more about the beginning of her career. But if you've got a Swifty in your house, and I know I have a bunch, I think it's just a great doc to watch. It's called Miss Americana and it's on Netflix. Then if you're still hungry for storytelling when it comes to musicians, I cannot recommend enough Dolly Parton, Here I Am on Netflix. I mean, who doesn't love Dolly Parton? There are going to be a lot of personalities in your house. And this is one that like everyone's going to want to watch. It is a 2019 British biographical documentary film offering a look into the life and musical career of Dolly Parton, which is told through the interviews with her friends, companions, and the artist herself. I particularly really loved the interviews with uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Dolly Parton turned success as a country songwriter and singer into not only pop music stardom, but also work as an actress, a successful businesswoman, and also, and most importantly, a philanthropist. With her strong feminine stances in the 1960s and 70s, she and fellow pioneers Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette revolutionized the world of country music for women performers. Then Dolly Parton took her crusade a step further by crossing over to the pop world landing on the cover of Rolling Stone, achieving pop hits and starring in a series of Hollywood movies. She was born into a large family, the fourth of 12 children in Tennessee, came from deep in the Appalachia where music was an integral part of her life, not, not just her life, but for those who, like the Parton, struggled to make a hard living. Her mother was a singer who taught Dolly both church music and the Elizabethan ballads her ancestors brought, brought to America. Her childhood figured strongly in her ambition to escape her circumstances and in the many frank, unromantic songs she wrote about experience in life in Appalachia. For example, 1971's Coat of Many Colors, which was a number four country hit, was a straight-ahead account of a humiliating experience that she suffered at school when classmates made fun of her homemade patchwork coat. She was encouraged in her tentative attempts at music by her uncle Bill Owens, who brought her a guitar and by the time she was 10 years old, landed herself a stint on a television variety show in the nearest big town, Knoxville. Nashville soon took note of Dolly, and she made her first appearance on the Grand Ole Opry at age 13 in 1959. She also recorded a single for a small Louisiana label and one for Mercury Records in Nashville in 1962. She was not daunted by the lack of success of her early recordings, so in 1964, she packed her bags and left for Nashville immediately after graduating from high school. Her very first day in town, she met her future husband, contractor Carl Dean, in a laundromat. And if there's one thing that I really took away from this doc, it's the love story between herself and Carl, who surprisingly, after all these decades, has been able to basically be 
almost like undiscovered. Like if you ran into him in town, you wouldn't necessarily know he's Dolly Parton's husband, which is unbelievable given her celebrity. But she tells the backstory of how celebrity was not something he was interested in at all. And they kind of made this agreement that she could go and go on tour and perform, but she'd always have to come back home. And their life is extremely private so much that some of the people that actually worked in her band were like, I've never even seen him before. To the point where people thought he didn't even exist. So uh, the stories with regard to her her husband are pretty special. Her music career progressed apace. People began to take note of her as a songwriter. And she really is one of the most prolific songwriters in the history. Especially after a pair of songs she wrote with Owens became top 10 hits for Bill Phillips in 1966. Then she recorded for Fred Foster's Monument Records from 1965 to 1967 and Dumb Blonde, which attacked traditional female stereotypes, becoming her very first top 40 hit. Can't say that enough. The way that she writes about women and for women is the most remarkable. Her pivotal career moment came in 1967 in the form of a phone call from a syndicated TV series called The Porter Wagoner Show. And this is a really interesting backstory because... Porter was this flashy dressing traditional country singing host that was looking to replace his duet partner, Norma Jean. So as a team, Wagoner and Dolly became immediate audience favorites. Her hourglass figure, outrageous outfits, she had an angelic voice that played perfectly against Wagoner's corn pone humor and old-fashioned country sensibility. RCA Records signs Dolly as both Wagoner's duet partner and solo recording artist, and she became increasingly successful in both personas soon beginning to eclipse Wagoner's own star. So she starts getting a ton of number one hits. She's got a new life looking beyond Nashville. She starts acting in movies. She becomes this mega, mega star, totally mainstream mega star. And it is really empowering to hear how someone can come from such an impoverished childhood and become such a mega star And the way that she has treated all the people that have worked around her, who have such reverence for her, the way that she's able to maintain this private life, the way that she has really paved the road for so many performers and songwriters. She founded her own record label, Dolly Records, in 2007. Two years later, the 9 to 5 musical debuted on Broadway. She wrote the production's music and lyrics and was nominated for the Best Original Score Tony Award for her work. In 2004, the Library of Congress presented her with the Living Legend Award for her contributions to the U.S.'s cultural landscape. In 2005, she received the National Media of Arts, the highest award given to artists by the U.S. government. And a year later, she received the prestigious Kennedy Center Honors. She has done a massive amount of philanthropy. Notably, the theme park Dollywood in East Tennessee is one that she created. In 1985, she and other investors opened the park, which has become one of the South's leading tourist attractions. Through Dollywood and the nonprofit Dollywood Foundation, she's contributed in many ways to her home counties, economy, and to scholarship programs for high school students there. Her Imagination Library, which gives one free book a month to children from birth to age five, has distributed more than 178 million books and expanded from East Tennessee to towns across the U.S. and into England and Australia. And she also supports the Dolly Parton Center for Women's Services. And there's a now life-size statue of Dolly on the lawn of the county courthouse there. In 2020, she donated $1 million to Vanderbilt University's Medical Center, which worked with the drug maker Moderna to develop one of the first coronavirus vaccines to be authorized in the U.S. 
the federal government eventually invested $1 billion into the creation and testing of the vaccine. But the leader of the research effort, Dr. Mark Dennison, has said that her donation had funded its critical early stages. So all of this is available on the Grand Ole Opry website, even more information about all of her philanthropic work. She's an unbelievable person. You can listen to my interview with a professor about Dolly's lyrics in episode 298, and you will have even greater respect for her songwriting. But again, everybody loves Dolly Parton. The music, her personal story, you're really going to suck in all the relatives with this one. So I recommend it. Again, it is on Netflix and it is called Dolly Parton, Here I Am. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. From there, I want you to watch The Black Godfather on Netflix. This is about Clarence Avant, who I have found to be one of the most inspirational people. For over 50 years, the entertainment manager and promoter Clarence Avon has been a quiet but influential presence in American music, movies, sports, and politics, working behind the scenes to connect the right people with each other. So in his documentary, The Black Godfather, the director turns a spotlight onto him, who has helped boost the careers of everyone from Hank Aaron to Quincy Jones to Barack Obama. And this is a portrait of a man who had made his many friends a lot of money, but also urged them always to keep their higher ideals in mind. I watched this and immediately wanted to interview him, but didn't get the opportunity to do so, which is one of my big regrets. In 1967, he married his wife, Jackie, and the the married couple had two children, Nicole and Alexander. In December of 2021, his wife was shot and killed by an intruder at their home in Beverly Hills. This was about the time that I had sent a request to interview him and, of course, did not expect to do so for some time so that he would go through that healing period. He eventually died at his home in Los Angeles on August 13th, 2023, and he was 92 years old. I cannot say enough about Clarence Avant. It's a great regret of mine, like I said, that I never got a chance to interview him. Very empowering story. If you guys like stories like someone who comes from nothing and builds an incredible career and has a great legacy, this is for you. The Black Godfather on Netflix. If you love cult stuff, and I know you guys do, I've said this before, I've always been obsessed with Holy Hell on Amazon. This is a chilling documentary about the filmmaker Will Allen because he was embedded in the U.S. cult Buddha Field. 
When he was 22 years old, he was forced to leave home in 1985 after his mother learned that he was gay. So his sister invited him to join a local alternative community and a meditation group in West Hollywood that she'd been attending for nine months. So the group was led by Michelle Roston, eventually grew to 100 members and began calling itself the Buddha Field. Now he was actually born, the leader was born Jamie Gomez, the son of a wealthy Venezuelan rancher. And he had traveled to Hollywood in search of stardom, of course. So if you can't become a star, you become a cult leader. So he landed a non-speaking role in Rosemary's Baby. He uh, apparently danced with the Oakland Ballet and apparently participated in adult films also, because that's usually the trajectory, right? You go for a speaking part in a movie, also a ballerina, and then you're in adult films. So a film school graduate, Will Allen, becomes this man's documentarian. And as is often described, propaganda minister. So the group relocates to Austin, Texas in 1992, and then eventually to Hawaii. Allen left the group in 2007 after 22 years. In 2016, 85 or more of the followers remained with Michelle in Hawaii. So the Buddha field largely espoused new age ideas. He thought of himself as a god and encouraged his followers to think of themselves as God as well. They used Sanskrit words uh, for his alleged power transference to his followers using his finger, which is, I know sounds crazy, but this guy totally believed it and they all did too. He also cited the Bhagavad Gita as a source. He demanded his followers remain celibate despite himself allegedly having sexual intercourse with various followers. Everybody else has to be celibate, but he doesn't have to be. Drugs and alcohol were banned from use while in the group. His followers changed the names while in the group, which is kind of a modus operandi of a cult leader. Isolate them from their family and friends, give them a new identity. Holy Hell director Will Allen explained that a lot of the principles of the East versus West that they were doing, surrendering to the guru, dropping your ego, taking your shoes off before you walk into a room and leave the world behind you. They didn't think of it as giving up their power. We thought of it as empowering. Three to five hour ballet practices, two to three days a week each week were also part of the group's activities with members even missing their jobs for practice, which would culminate with them giving a performance that was never shown to anyone outside of the cult because everybody was in the show. So no one's in the audience. And who was the lead of the show? The leader who had a background as a ballerina or ballet dancer, excuse me. So many allegations have been made against Jaime Gomez, most notably sex abuse of his male followers His victims have said that they had their confessions and their weekly hypnotherapy sessions used against them. And he also used the AIDS crisis to instill fear in his gay male followers to frighten them into staying. So there are lots of layers to this one. If you like all things uh, that are cult related, because it's like a puzzle piece you want to unravel, this is an interesting one. Holy Hell is available on Amazon. And then you can watch... MH370, The Plane That Disappeared on Netflix, if you like like one of those puzzle piece documentary series. This one is three parts and explores an array of different theories and conspiracies from different points of view on what could have possibly happened on the flight that went missing from Malaysia to Beijing. March 8th, 2014, at 41 minutes past midnight, Malaysian Airlines flight MH370 took off from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. At 1.19 a.m., the plane and its 227 passengers vanished from the skies. No trace has ever been found. So the disappearance of flight MH370 has horrified people across the world. And in an age where a stolen smartphone can be pinpointed to any location on Earth, this one, the vanishing of a plane has been one of the biggest mysteries of our time. So that is MH370, the plane that disappeared on Netflix. 
If you again, if you love sports, you're going to want to watch Beckham on Netflix. You can binge it with four episodes. It's got exclusive footage of David Beckham, one of the world's most famous soccer players, charting his rise from a challenging childhood in Essex to becoming a global football icon. It covers his family life. So football fans, if you're a fan of his celebrity, anyone looking to get more information about a global super sports star, right up your alley, Beckham on Netflix. And then finally, if you love to learn about other cultures or traditions, and especially if you love sports, I always love to watch Home Game on Netflix. This is a look at unusual and dangerous traditional sports from around the world, as well as the communities and cultures in which they thrive. So each episode goes through this unusual sport and gives you the context around it. For example, Calcio Storico is in Florence, Italy. It's rugby meets mixed martial arts in this violent, violent sport, a traditional sport of Florence that dates back nearly 500 years. The Highland Games, Scotland's Highland Games, combine a cultural celebration with feats of strength, including the caber toss. It's just like centuries-old sports that they do in a contemporary time. It's wild. And then Coke Baru, which I've still obsessed over. In Kyrgyzstan, players throw themselves into the national sport, a polo-like game played on horseback with a dead goat as the ball. I think your kids will love this. Anybody who loves sports will love it. If you love all things having to do with cultures and traditions and travel, that's right up your alley too. So it's called Home Game on Netflix. So again, you can get this whole list by going to kkc.substack.com. All of the descriptions will be there. And the list again is Some Kind of Heaven on Hulu, Amazon. Twas the Fight Before Christmas on Apple TV+. Plus. The Last Dance is available on Netflix. Miss Americana on Netflix. Dolly Parton, Here I Am on Netflix. Then you have The Black Godfather, Netflix. Holy Hell on Amazon. MH370, The Plane That Disappeared on Netflix. Beckham on Netflix. And Home Game on Netflix. My... Facebook group is Reality Life with Kate Casey. Make sure that you are subscribed uh, and you leave a five-star review. You can get bonus episodes by going to my Patreon at patreon.com backslash Kate Casey. And also you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at, at Kate Casey CA. I'm on TikTok at It's Kate Casey and on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. Make sure that you check back for all new episodes Friday, talking about the Kardashians on Hulu. And my Saturday series episode is with actress, comedian, writer, and artist, Mo Collins. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the Wayback machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts